BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to another episode of Modern Manners Guide's Quick and Dirty Tips for a More Polite Life. On today's podcast, I'm talking with Mr. Ian Bick, the host of Locked In with Ian Bick. Ian is a former federal prison inmate who has turned his life around and dedicated to changing the stereotype of what it's like for prisoners after their release. At only 19, Ian was sent to federal prison for fraud, and now, in his 20s, He's turned his life around interviewing everybody else in his position all around the world, prisoners, as well as people in the prison system to learn more about what it's like for life after they release. Get ready. This is a good one. All right, Ian, thanks so much for joining, man. I appreciate you hopping on. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. It's a pleasure. All right, great. So, Ian, I've been watching your stuff online for a while, listening to the podcast. For those that don't know who you are, would you mind just doing a quick intro? So my name is Ian Bick. I'm from Danbury, Connecticut. When I was 18, I owned a nightclub called Tuxedo Junction. By the time I was 21, I was sentenced to three years in federal prison. Uh, And now I'm the host of the Locked In with Ian Bick podcast. The reason why I reached out to Ian is because I just think it's fascinating understanding what Ian's been able to um, restart his life. And I think he is one somebody that has been in the shoes of others where they're misjudged and how they have to react to that. People are going to ask anyway, Ian, so I'll just bring it up first. But what was it, you know, when you first found out you had to be going, you were going to get locked up? I mean, what kind of mindset was that? I don't think it really hit me like in the moment because I was never planning on going to prison. Um, It's not Mm -hmm. like one of those things where you see celebrities where they get sentenced and they have months to plan. Mm -hmm. Um, Mine was pretty sudden because I had gotten my bond revoked. Um, So and then got sent to prison then. And even like those three weeks between getting my bond revoked and sentencing, I was in limbo. I didn't really know what was happening and what was going on. Like I always say, like before you're sentenced, you never know your outcome. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of in limbo and you're waiting. So during that time period, I didn't really ever expect to do a long, substantial prison term. I just think that I don't think that was a thing for me ever in my mind. Um, But once I did get that, then things were different. How long were you there? Uh, I did about 26 months in, in federal prison all over the country. <laughs> oh, so they moved you around? Yeah, they put me through what we call diesel therapy. So I was in New Jersey. I was in Chicago. I was in Pennsylvania. I was in Danbury, my hometown. I was everywhere. Do you often or do you run into anybody or keep in touch with folks you met over your time there? Yeah. So ever since I've started uh, going on TikTok, I've had so many guys reach out, guys that I don't even remember seeing 
they'd be like, hey, because they called me McLovin. They'll be like, yo, McLovin, <laughs> I was with you uh, at this prison, this and that. And I'll vaguely remember, but a lot of the guys, their photos do not look like how they looked in prison because you see them a certain way. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them have either gained weight or lost weight or, or whichever. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people, whether it's good intentions or bad intentions, have reached out you know, just to say, you know, they're watching my stuff, you know, that they remember prison, this and that. Mm -hmm. So it's good. I, and I try to keep in contact, but now it just, it's so hard, like keeping in touch. Like I feel bad not responding to text messages, but sometimes like I'll get like, like six in the next hour. And then I have something else I have to do because I'm like a one man team. So it's just like, it's so hard to stay on top of. What's your normal day? Like, are you full blown on, you know, on the podcast and on locked in? So I'm like 85% of the way there. Um, I'm actually, it's funny. I got involved in like this frozen yogurt business. Um, the old nightclub owner that I took the club owner and over, he was in the HBO documentary that I was a part of. His name's Al. He owns a frozen yogurt shop in the town over. And uh, I help him out like cleaning machines. That's like the physical labor aspect. Cause all my life, and I was talking to my dad about this the other mm-hmm. day, I've always done physical labor and like the the cooking kitchen world, being a waiter, the nightclub, whatever, or working at Whole Foods after prison that I feel lazy now. Like I'm working hard now, but I feel lazy because I'm not doing manual labor. Like I'm editing videos or typing questions. Like I'm not doing any of that. So this frozen yogurt aspect, I guess it's good in that sense. But my time is now moving on from that where I'm at the point where I can't do that anymore. And I'd much rather, um, I appreciate like the value of time way more than I ever did. Like I, I, I'd rather those mornings I spent at the frozen yogurt shop, I'd rather be out walking my dog or going on a hike um, yeah. or doing anything like that. I'm, my mindset isn't work 24 seven anymore. It's now how can I efficiently work a few days during the week, maximize that potential, have a good system for the podcast, which is now becoming a full-time gig, yeah. um, you know, financially. And how do I, you know, now like I, I have a girlfriend now and I'm doing all these things that I need to take priority that I never made a priority because I was going through the struggles of a criminal prosecution in prison and just trying to get my life back together. And now I, I have a, a good sense of where I'm at and, and what I want now. And now I just got to shape it into that. It's a match is difficult. I mean, you're looking at you had to go you worked at Whole Foods. So, you know, you probably ran into people that you knew or people when you tell people, oh, what'd you do before here? It's like, oh, I was in prison. So when people ask you stuff like that, what was your, did you have to teach yourself how to respond or were you just, this is it, take it or leave it? So I think society, like for the, for so long, they were not open with people talking about prison. Cause I remember when I got sentenced, everyone would write on the Facebook comments that I actually went through and read. Um, they were like, his life's over. He's a felon now. He's always going to have that, you know, mm-hmm. against him. And it's always going to be that. And I think society has made that for so long, which is why you don't see a lot of celebrities in past years that have went to prison coming out doing sit down interviews on prison, which I also think is why a podcast like mine has never been you know, created before, which left that market gap for me to come in and create something like this. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the first I, I, I'll say I'll say this, the first four years, I've never talked about prison to anyone. And I, I'll run into people now, or I'll talk to people now, they're like, Hey, did you just get out? Because we're just seeing you on social media, because there's this whole prison TikTok platform, <laughs> that guys like yourself, or guys that have never been to prison before, love watching, which is it's it's mostly male dominated, 
that male viewership that enjoys this. Mm-hmm. Like my dad will sit there watching prison videos and he's almost <laughs> 80 years old. And there's just like this fascination. And there's all these creators that have built platforms that have been to prison. So, but I didn't talk about it for four years. Even when I sat down with HBO and did a big interview, we never got into prison. It was all about what led up to that. So I was just never comfortable doing that. And I never thought in a million years that prison itself would be the thing that propelled me to success. I always thought it was going to be my story of the nightclub or doing the shows with the big acts. But then when you really think about it, that's what everyone's done. Like people all the time book big acts just because I was like 18. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's cool, but it's it's not like it's not way different. What's different is a 21 year old white kid who's never been to prison before goes to prison. You know, guys try to extort him this and that lives to tell the tale and is able to create something from that. I yeah. think that's that's the fascination in it. And I think you've done a very good job of taking that situation, which is obviously very hard and turning something positive. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I think the biggest thing that I always say all the time is that you look at our interviews compared to other, you know, prison influencers, I guess you could call it the first half hour to 45 minutes is about these individuals childhood and what led up to it. It's not we're not coming out of the gate with like, you know, like the the sex podcast or whatever they're like, their opening line is, oh, this girl did whatever with him. And that's a seller. So in our terms, it's not like this person got shanked in prison and and this, we're not going down that. We're taking yeah. it and making these individuals human starting at their childhood, what they were like as kids, how they went down a bad path. Because everyone has a story. No one is just born bad, bad and yeah. then becomes, gets sentenced to prison. You know, they all have a story. And a lot of it starts with the parents and the family and where they were raised for the most part. And, and that's what makes it human. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right. So let's go back to what, what I was saying earlier about like you're at Whole Foods and people have to ask, you know, like where were you? I'm sure your boss knew obviously, but how were you able to approach that? And even if it wasn't there, just in general, how were you able to approach that question? 
actually, um, a lot of people, so you would, you, you always know when someone's talking about you, like people would yeah. like point or they would, you know, whisper and you would hear things, but no one ever came up to me because it was like the elephant in the room that everyone was just yeah. like, shy about. And then like, I would, like, I formed relationships with certain like coworkers or whatever, mm. um, that became intimate and they would tell me like what other people were saying and just how like, they were always fascinated with me because the thing about me is that there's this persona of me on the internet. Like before I started a podcast and before I had my own voice, yeah. there was always what the news, the Danbury News Times, worst newspaper on the planet, uh, <laughs> um, put out about me, you know? Yeah. And it was always very one-sided, pro-government, never, ever told my side of the story, even when they finally did a little bit when HBO did a documentary and they were kind of forced to reach out to me. Mm -hmm. They still twisted it to make it sound like I was still doing some bad stuff. Yeah. And so there was this image of me out there. And then when people got to meet me, like bosses at Whole Foods, when, you know, individuals meet me, one, they never expected that I went to prison. Yeah. And two, my work ethic is just not what lines up to what people were saying about me. I'm a hardworking, like I started at, at, as a chef and worked my way up on a hot bar all the way, you know, to a management position where they're trusting me with, you know, keys to the store. Yeah, um, that's not the same guy that's getting displayed on the news. And I don't think I ever got that fair chance to really do that. And I think that's why people are curious with my mindset. And I think that's what will elevate me to a certain level in this industry, too, because I'm not just like some person that, you know, went to prison or had all this happen. And that's still shown in the way I present myself. I think it's very different, like who I am as a person when people get to know me. I think it's the same reason why you want to have this conversation today and people like yourself. And to answer your question about like what staff and stuff are thinking about me, when they would eventually come up to me, like, or I'd get to know them, they could ask me something and I would happily tell them. It's just, yeah. I think it's awkward. I think it's asking someone about prison is no different than in, in society's mind is no different than asking them like a personal intimate question. Like, you know, when's the last time you had sex or something like that? I think that's relates to prison. Like the director of Whole Foods is not going to come up to me and say, Hey, how was your time in prison? I think that's the problem, you know, that they, people aren't talking about that. Were they shocked when you would just say, like, again, I love the elephant in the room because you know they were, you know, you obviously, yes, if somehow you're looking like, okay, you know, the guy over there, you're just in prison, you're making up all your stuff. But when you just ask that, when you answer them, so do you think it also kind of shuts it up a little bit? I think my, how I acted and my behavior and my work ethic and what I was able to accomplish in a short period of time where people would be working there for years and not accomplish a fraction of what I accomplished there. Yeah. I think that's what shut them up. That's what earned my respect um, with them. I think that made such a, an important play in, in, in my career there because then I, I had a reputation because my, my, if you search my name, it's very easy it's like, it's all over the internet. And this is before I was even on social media, it just the news articles were there. And, it, and now it's mm -hmm. shifted because I've created my own platform, yes. which not a lot of people get to do. So people knew me as that nightclub owner. And it was hard working in Danbury for a while because I had to have people that would come in that I knew from high school and they see me and I kind of feel defeated because like they're seeing me, I'm this kid that went to prison, I'm working at a grocery store, but little did they know that grocery store, I, I could have made a hundred grand last year with overtime, wow. you know, because yeah. it's a great company to work for. There's, I was making $33 an hour as a manager, plus the overtime, you can't beat that That's with great. no college degree as someone with a criminal record, but the average person, they don't see that. And it took a lot for me to get over that mentality 
of where I was at. Like I'll still run into people now that are like bitter or whatever that don't know about the social media thing or, or choose not to, or don't yeah. take podcasting seriously. And they'll be like, how's working at Whole Foods for the rest of your life working? And that right there, that's just somebody who has so much negativity in their own life and they're found somebody projected on. And it just it, like that kind of stuff is just ignorance to me. I mean, it doesn't matter what you are. If you were, you know, even if you still worked at a you know grocery store now and you just that's what you chose to do and fantastic. Nobody needs it. There's nothing wrong with that. Those people that came up to you aside, I got to imagine though, like you talk about dating, I got to imagine at what point does that, that conversation has to come up at what point? And even if they don't know you, or maybe they do, but I mean, let's say they don't know you. I mean, what point does that come up in the conversation? So I, I like to look at it in two segments because you have like the before Tinder was the first thing I got on when I got out right. of prison. And I was never on Tinder before prison. I don't think it even existed. Um, I was this 19 year old, 20 year old chubby kid, very, I wasn't in the gym, really, you know, long hair. I didn't keep, I wasn't concerned with my body, but I was very shy. And for a kid that owned a nightclub, I was the least confident person you'd ever expect when it, when it came to dating. So when I get out, I'm fit. I have this new body. I'm on the dating apps. And so you have some people sliding in. Uh, some girls would be like, my teacher just presented about you in class, like I, I, on crime or, or financial fraud or whatever. <laughs> um, and then others that wouldn't know, like I'd been with girls that they literally had no idea. And yeah. it wasn't until like we'd be in bed and they'd see the ankle monitor on. You oh. know? But I was at house arrest. And they're like, what's that? That I have some explaining to do. Like, um, oh, it's nothing. It's new. All the kids are wearing it these days. Yeah. I, I just always hope that, you know, people would at least Google me and they knew. But yeah. I also knew the downside of that is then someone's only reaching out because they want the, I guess you could say, quote unquote, clout or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then I got a girlfriend after that who actually knew nothing about me. And we, we had dated for like a year through COVID and stuff. So mm -hmm. that, you know, that changed things. But she had no idea about me and she she got to know the real me. But I definitely think it's hard to date with a criminal record. A hundred percent, you know, absolutely. dating apps, just putting it out there. There's a stigma. But I think people with platforms like me make it different. When you mainstream prison, I guess you could call it, it, mm -hmm. it, it changes things. And, and it adds like a sense of comedy if it's displayed in a right way. I think with her is the the, the girl I'm with now, it's that she finds my life fascinating and that it's not a, a normal nine to five. Like one day I'll be like, Hey, I'm going to Dallas to film a TV show, or I'm going on this guy's podcast, or I'm doing this, or like yeah. one of my favorite, you know, actors DM me yesterday saying, love your videos. And I'm with nice. her. I'm like, hey, look at this. And like, things like that are happening. And I think it's just so exciting. Whereas like the average guy my age, and, and there's nothing wrong with this. It's just so different when you meet someone like me. What about when you had to meet her parents? I haven't met the parents yet. We've been to get, um, um, we've been seeing each other for like five months now. Okay. Very slow. Like we just like made it official. But I would imagine her parents, you know, when she says, yeah, I've, I've, you know, I'm dating this guy and you know, now we're really serious. Oh really? What's he do? And <laughs> I mean, is that, you know, you're going to have to have that. Eventually you're going to have to answer it. But I mean, how does she present that? And I, I say this because I think it shows a lot about your character and being able to handle it because you know you're going to get the questions every time you go. You're going to, I mean, let, let's say this thing goes really, really well, and hopefully it does. Sounds awesome. You get engaged, you meet the family for Thanksgiving, and you're back at Whole Foods and when they're whispering people about you. 
You know, I mean, it's just, it's just, I'm sure this, you've thought about this, but I mean, how are you preparing yourself for that? And how has she done that? So the, the, there's two, two couple things here to speak on, which I'm sure you'll find entertaining. So with, with, with this girl, her uncle, we found out who had been to prison before actually follows me on TikTok. No, so she, she, she's excited to have that conversation. He only follows like five people, which is how he, she figured it out. So it's wow. going to be funny to have that conversation in her scenario. She has the ability when it does happen to say, Hey, like I'm happy with him. He makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Whereas the last girl I was with, um, her parents are very, were very corporate people who went on to own their own businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, very, I guess, strict in certain ways. And I was like the first boyfriend that she brought around on a serious note. And, and I got grilled. Like they knew who I, they knew my name, like they knew yeah. who I was, but they didn't know I was physically that person, you know? So when they introduced, like when I got introduced to them, it was like a whole big thing. The mom knew me, the mom liked me, but mm-hmm. it was, you got to meet the dad. The dad's got to approve. And yeah. I sat there for like four hours telling the whole story. Wow. Like I, I'm sweating thinking I'm going to get <laughs> shot, you know, um, but they grew to like, love me and like me as a person. They, they got to know the real me and it. And, you know, it didn't work out when I started to go down a different path of leaving that nine to five and going into this world, mm-hmm. um, which is, which is different. You know, it's hard for someone when you're in that and then you start going into the spotlight. Yeah. Those people think you're changing, but you're really just becoming who you were meant to be all along. And I look back on that because this is a year ago where it, exactly a year where I decided to quit my job. Mm-hmm. Had I never did that, I wouldn't be where I am now. And there were months, I'll tell you, man, there were like six months where I'm like, did I make the right decision? Um, do I go back to Whole Foods? Because I didn't, I was just shooting shots into the dark, man. Like yeah. I, I, I was doing whatever I had to do. Um, I was Uber driving. For a few months, uh, you know, I was just making TikToks on the selfie. I had no direction. Even when I first started the podcast, you know, you look up how to make money on a podcast and there's going to be all these articles saying, don't quit your day job. And it takes years, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, one in and one in however many stand out. So yeah. I think the last few months have really been defining to know, like, I have something and I made the right decision and I'm onto something because it doesn't just disappear overnight in this in this industry unless like I did something catastrophic. But it's not something where like I wake up tomorrow and it's gone. Um, so there's just certain things that I'm looking at with that. And you, so it's it's funny. One of the articles I just did, a podcast I had, was about rude Uber passengers. Mm-hmm. Like everything from like you know the person that just yells on their phone nonstop, or the person yelling at you, or the person that like you know drinks too much, parties, they like ruin your car. Do you have any like bad experiences from some of the passengers you had? Um, so I remember New Year's Eve, I had like these kids come in the teenagers. So they were obliterated. Um, the one kid sat in the front seat, just kept turning up the music, just like super obnoxious. I will say I've never seen so many people that don't tip, which is like crazy. Leah, in a world where like now you have to tip when you go to a Starbucks or whatever. And I tip on everything just because it's just like who I am, how I was raised and like, you get what you give out. Um, but I would do airport airport runs for corporate guys, this and that, and no tips. And that was one of the reasons why I'm like, I'm done with this. Like, why am I doing this? You know, and you you make a lot of your money on tips. And I always like growing up, okay, maybe you didn't tip at a Starbucks back in the day, um, but you tipped at the ice cream shop and always, always you tipped when you got in someone's car to drive when Uber first started. I would say, you know, 70% of people don't tip. 
See, that's the weird thing because the one thing I, I, I was shocked when people come in there and they act just completely obnoxious is because it's a, you know, it's a check, it's a self checks and balances. You know, you got to look at the, 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 the driver, his rating, and then the passengers get rated. Yeah. Like on my route for a long time, I have, look, I got a 4.9. Okay? <laughs> why, why a 4.9? There you go. But however, I did not for a little while because on a work trip, one, this ding dong guy that was I working with, I was on, I got to Uber for all of us. We piled in the car and he was just a jerk the entire time. I mean, and I wasn't really paying attention. He wasn't doing anything. I guess that, I mean, I, I wasn't paying attention. He was just being obnoxious and it wasn't whatever. And then I realized it was on my account. And I remember I got like a really bad rate. I'm like, oh my God. Like it was like a trickle down thing. It crushed me. I'm like, this is ridiculous, man. Look what you did. It says, I know exactly where it is. I can picture it today. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just shocking how people, how people treat you. Probably met, a, I mean, when you were doing customer service, I'm pretty sure you saw a lot of the same things too. Oh, uh, people are so in a deli. Like, how are you going to flip out on someone over deli meats? And even like at the frozen yogurt shop, I'm sometimes like I'll work behind the counter to help out yeah. when there's no staff. I've never seen people more rude in my life than, you know, people dealing with their kids with frozen yogurt, this and that. It's like, are you, you're really that miserable? Like, <laughs> like, come on, like, this is crazy. But then I would also, there's some funny stories like with Uber. I would get people that recognized me because this is right at the. At That's the what I was going to ask you. Yeah, yeah, I'm going viral on TikTok, and they're like, "I know you from somewhere." Even like now, I was in New York City this weekend, and we go and sit at this Irish pub, like the most random place you would ever expect. And the and the, the bartender is like, "I know you from somewhere," and he's like, "Oh shit, I I watch your podcast." Yeah, um, because I have that look. I have the glasses that you know the the red yes. cheeks and the, and the tattoos, and I think that's another reason why this has worked for me. I have a memorable face. But with Uber, people will get in the car and like halfway, like it's awkward for the first half because I don't really like to talk to people unless they're going to talk to me because I don't want to yeah. like put pressure on them or anything because I know how I am as a passenger. Like normally I don't really want to talk to the driver Yeah, and um, they'd be like, I know you from somewhere or like, you're the guy from TikTok, which is funny. Like we should probably do like a skit on it someday. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like towards the end of it, because I'm driving in Connecticut, a lot of people were starting to know me and I got to meet other influencers that I got to drive to. Yeah. Um, that had, you know, a few hundred thousand on TikTok and we had great conversations, but you know, I'm just grateful to be on from that life. Cause I think, you know, something I've really thought about lately is like, it would be very hard for me to go work a normal job right now if this doesn't work out. Yeah. I think once you get yourself out there, you build a platform, you be, that would be like if your favorite celebrity or whoever you're watching just goes and quits everything to work a normal job. Like, I think I would have to move out of the state, go to a town no one's ever heard of <laughs> and just like sit there and do that, you know? So yeah. I think that keeps me going too. Well, yeah, but I also think though, again, to your credit, I mean, I think you're handling it. I mean, you don't look like the the federal prison guy, which I don't know what the federal prison guy looks like, but definitely does look like you. And then obviously your demeanor. And I think that at the end of the day, a lot of stuff I talk about with the podcast is like how you treat people. I'm like, nobody's perfect. We all have times where we're not, where we're not the nicest. But overall, it's like that whole mentality of just like, if somebody's going to judge you or prejudge you based off something from your past or something that they believe, it's just, that to me is just, you know, ignorance 101. I want to ask you also about when you see this in the future. I mean, what do you see? Where where do you see uh, the podcast going down the road? 
I think it, it's really only up from here. And, and, and I, I think like it's trending really good. The growth, anyone that I talk to, like they're just, they're really surprised by the growth. Cause when you look at, we started the YouTube in January, like really posting and it's gone to, you know, to almost 140,000 subscribers for yeah, a Congratulations on the milestone, by the way. I saw the plaque. Very cool. Thank you, man. Very yeah. Cool. I think people in the podcasting industry know how hard it is to get into video. Yeah. And to build a YouTube channel with video, like it's creating like a TV show in a way. Yeah. Um, we're taking calls with agents about doing live shows. I think that's something to look forward to in the future and kind of like mixing in, like telling my story in a comedic way into these live shows. Yeah. Um, I think that'll be great. Um, th I, there's just so many angles, but I really think that like this is going to help modernize like prison celebrities, prison influencers in the way, because like, imagine like a jersey shore type show but with the prison tiktokers <laughs> or like all all these different things like there's so much i yeah. i just think there's so many angles and i think i'll play a big part in that when that time comes um yeah. i'm getting into public speaking i'm going to arkansas in a couple weeks and then alaska cool. doing things like that but it just continuously like building this and then seeing ways how i can give back and just continue to grow yeah, well, look, man, kudos. I love what you're doing. I think it's awesome. You know, congrats on all the success. And I mean, really bigger congrats on making something out of something awful and really, really showing up for everybody. So thank you, man. I yeah, appreciate really that. Good. But before we leave, though, can you give us give us a little nod of where we can find you, where would you like to promote anything out there? Let us know. Um, so, you know, check out the Lockdown with the Ian Bick podcast, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, if you go to ianbick.com, that links to all my socials. Uh, we are in the middle of redoing the website, but there's still a base right there where you could, you know, see my social media and see the, the podcast too. Ian, thanks so much for joining us again. This is Richie Freeman, Modern Manners Guy from Quick and Dirty Tips with Macmillan Publishing. Thanks again. Take care. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.